Praise and Worship is a community of people in Branson, Missouri, who are gathering, growing, being encouraged, and sharing with others the love and hope of Jesus. Learn more online at branson.church. So, my question to you is, where is God in the storm? Right? It's kind of a, a great question, and it's, it's certainly here, and we've got one on our hands. We've got a furious squall moving across the globe. And some of us will think, no, we don't. It's all made up. It's all a big joke. And I'm like, ask the people in Italy what they would say to that right now, where 276 more people that we know of died yesterday. So, so we don't want to totally you know, throw it out, but at the same time, we're like, Mark, I'm looking around, and we got like literally four or five, maybe six people now, we don't know, in our whole state that's affected by this. Why are we doing this? And, and it's very important to know that as people of God, what we must never do is respond in fear. We're going to see exactly how that works. We must never respond in fear because as we were reading from Psalm 91 in our Bible study hour and, and as Pastor Barry would invite us to do uh, as they're doing at their Bible study is to say, hey, let's read Psalm 91, 91, 91 days. Pray it for 91 days. And this might not be a bad time to do that exact thing. Psalm 91 says that if we dwell in the shelter of the Most High, we'll be protected. I mean, if you read it, it's over and over again. We will, the pestilence, the deadly pestilence will not come to us. And you might be like, well, Mark, that's just kind of Hebrew poetry. It's not really true. And to which I would say, well, then why did the devil see fit to try to quote it to Jesus? And Jesus said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. In the whole description and the discussion of God's promises are at hand. And I want you to know God's promises are in full effect right now. And so we do not respond in fear. We do not absolutely respond in fear. But what we want to do is respond in love. And this is how it always happens with God's people. We do not fear. Well, we struggle with fear. But we do not allow fear to be our master. And you'll see how this works. Instead, we allow Jesus to be our master. He is our, he is our Lord. Um, and so this, this story here in Mark chapter 4 is a really interesting one that I want us to dive into, and I want you to see how this plays out. We're going to put these on the screen, zoom in on a couple words. Mark chapter 4, verse 38, and I've got this question up there. Seriously, Lord, do you even care? You know, I left the even out because I don't want to be too millennial, but here the do you even care, right? And so Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care? if we drown. And my whole thing is, I love this moment in the story because what's going on is, is they're being honest. Right? <laughs> of course, when you're about to die, you know, pretense tends to fly out the window. And so they're being honest. They're being honest. And I think we need to do that too. And when we pray to the Lord, don't you care about like what and we mentioned the people in Italy. What, what's going on with them? Don't you care for them? And, and, and we need to be honest with that. And when we do, all of a sudden, something will start to happen. We, when we're talking with God honestly, you know what he will do? He will respond honestly. Take a look at his answer. Verse 39. I love that. His response is he doesn't even talk to them. He talks to the storm. Let that hit you for a minute. He talks to the storm. Who does that anyway, right? Now, this is the question. He got up, he rebuked the wind, you know, I mean, I imagine some, some sort of bodily motion, like stop. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, 
And it's the word for, you know, the, the, the be still is like if you would, if you would, it's when you would say put a muzzle on it, right? Which doesn't sound very strange, very, you know, most of us don't work with muzzles. In their culture, it was very common. So he's like, be muzzled, muzzle the storm, right? And, and then what, this is the part that we need to not just roll by, the, the storm obeyed. The wind and the waves did what he said. This is his answer. Now, at first glance, you and I are going to go be like, well, you know, that's just a Bible story or, you know, yeah, that's cool, but I haven't seen anything like that in my life. And I would hear you on that. I'd be like, I'm, I, I track with you. But that's part of our problem. That's why we're reading the Gospel of Mark, because we can't see. We don't actually see these things. Why is it? And the challenge of the Gospel of Mark, of the Gospel of Mark is that we, we struggle with blindness. This is always the concern in the story. We struggle with blindness. We do not see what is going on because we struggle to believe. Now, again, when we start using that language, everybody gets kind of, you know, what, Mark, are you trying to challenge my faith? Nope, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm simply wanting you to read this and to let the words hit you and do what they will do. And we're not questioning anyone's faith in the terms of salvation. That's, those are categories the Bible doesn't use. The, ca- the categories, so my question to you is, in this scenario, the, the disciples with, with them, did they have saving faith while they were in the boat? I would argue that they did, and I, would, I could take you to scriptures that demonstrate that. And yet, they're scared, and they don't understand what's going on. Does that sound familiar? Do You see, this is, this is the actual category we see in the scriptures, is that we have humans who are broken with sin, they're broken with the, all the things that we have in this world we cannot see, and Jesus is standing right in front of them and telling the wind, shh, and the wind's like, okay. This is what's going on. Why can we not see that? Take a look at verse 40. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And again, that, that, that question that Jesus asked them makes its way somehow to us. The question that he asked the 12 makes its way to us. And, and oftentimes, like when I was a kid, I would remember reading this, like the pastor would be preaching this in the, in the church service. He'd be reading it, and I would read it with him. And then I'd be like, wow, those disciples were kind of numbskulls. You know, if you, if you keep reading, they're just kind of dummies. They never really seem to get it, right? You know, and they're literally there. Why wouldn't they get it? And then you become like, you, you like live your life. <laughs> and you become an adult, and you do all these things, and you realize, oh, wait, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's hard to get it. And, and even when you think you've got it, there's like a whole nother level you didn't realize that you didn't get. And when you get to that, then you see how this works. Why are you so afraid? You still have no faith? And this turns into, it becomes a scenario, a situation where we start to question, we start to be concerning, or have concern, I should say, that, that we're like, well, do I have faith? See, and this is the, this is the thing that, that I want, this is where we need to hear the good news. Because how do we have faith? And I, and I know that you're like, Mark, we're in the middle of a storm here, and, and you know, we're on the boat, and you can imagine the boat, it's just suddenly, it was doing this, and there was water everywhere, and they're all about to die, and then, and they're just sitting, you know, you're just, you've pro- you still have the adrenaline in your, in your blood, and, and you're just like, you know, and he's like, do you still have no faith? And you're just like, what just happened? He's asking you this powerful theological question, and you're like, I don't even know what just happened. I want 
you and me to take time to let this question permeate us. Of course we have faith. Of course they had faith. But why were they afraid? Why were they afraid? Why are you and me still afraid? You know, there's a passage over in Matthew's Gospel, which we're not reading today, but we could go and look it up where it talks about how, you know, do not fear what can kill the body, but only fear what can kill the soul. And so some people are reacting to the threat of the, of the diseases in our world right now as, well, you know, whatever happens, happens, I'm going to heaven. Yeah, see, I, I think we have a problem with that. Well, I agree that's certainly true that if I trust in Jesus, that I'm going to heaven, I think that there's still a problem there because what about that whole love your neighbor as yourself thing? <laughs> we cannot go in the hole and hide and wait till the storm passes. We have to go to the one who commands the storm, who tells the storm what to do, and the only way we can ever do that is if we put our trust in him. Do not put your trust in a political party or a politician or a policy or a procedure. Put your trust in the Lord God Most High because that's what's going on here. Do you still have no faith? See, this is, if we would believe, then we could see. And what that means is, it's not that suddenly, oh, you got the right doctrine somehow installed like software in your head, and like now, okay, I've got the right doctrine, and now I can see. No, it's not, it's not even like, okay, I read enough Bible passages, eventually I can see. Well, I mean, reading the Bible is good. Getting the word of God into you is good, and that's certainly how he works. But it's not even that. It's this idea that when is my heart when is your heart going to say, God doesn't have, you know, we all say, God's got this. I, I saw that a lot yesterday. God's got this, and that's 100% true. But do we believe it? Do we actually believe it? And some, you might be sitting there, and I would encourage you to, to say, well, yeah, I do. Praise God. Now let that, let that flow, right? So oftentimes what happens is we get these two ditches. And on one ditch, we have the whole, well, um, I believe God, and so I don't even have to worry about prevention, disease prevention. And I'm, I'm not going to be fearing, so I don't have to do any of that. I'm just, I'm just, you know, whatever happens, happens. I trust God fully. But see, the thing is, is what is our calling in that situation? I would, I would agree. You can trust God fully. But what is our calling in that situation? And over here, it's like, yeah, but, but I've seen Christians are dying in Italy, and, and they have faith, and they're having trouble, and so then we start to get scared. Or maybe you're not even worried about the disease, but you're worried about the fact that because everyone is told to stay home, now all the business is closed and the money's gone, right? This, this is what happens. Our jobs might be in jeopardy, and, and all of these kinds of things start to, and this is when the fear comes in. Right? You're not scared of the virus because you're like most people, it doesn't even hurt them that bad. But you're scared of what complications could come as a result of our reaction to it. Why are you so afraid? This is Jesus' question to you and me today. He just got done killing the storm, right? Shh. Why are you so afraid? And his question isn't do you have faith in the way that we might be so quickly quick to answer it. His question is, do you believe me yet? Do you, do you trust me yet? And that question hits us, and I want, it to, I want you to let it do what it does. Let his question do what it does. Don't try to answer it here. Answer it here in your heart. Let that question challenge your spirit. Chapter 4, verse 41. Um, he, Because it says they were terrified 
And they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, of course, it's a bit of a rhetorical question on one hand, but I think on another hand, they're like, who is this? But they understood. They were, they were good Jewish boys. They'd grown up reading the Torah or having the Torah read to them and learning it. And they understood that there's only one person in the universe, and he, not necessarily in the universe, but the one who made the universe that can do this. Yahweh Elohim, they would have called him, or Adonai. And, and he is the Lord. And they, they, they were like, how can there be a man in our boat who can do what God can do? And of course, there's only one answer to the question, and that is why they were terrified. They've read Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah is brought into the throne room of God, and, and, and he's like, I shouldn't be here. I am a man of unclean lips from a people with unclean lips, and I am now in God's presence. How can, this isn't going to work out too well. This is part of why they're terrified. They're realizing who Jesus is, maybe for the first time. Their faith, you might allow, that language is growing. See, this is the thing about faith. So many of us think of faith as an inert quantity. Do you hear that language? An inert quantity. Inert, I'm meaning like, like a, a, a bowl of water or a bucket maybe, or maybe a, like a bottle which has measurements on it, like a two-liter bottle or something. And you think, well, you know, when I was, maybe when I was baptized, I had a little bit of faith, and, and then maybe over life, you know, my faith, there's been more poured into me, and so therefore, and that's how people will think of faith. But that's not how the Bible thinks of faith. We want to see how scripture talks about faith. Faith is, is like Psalm chapter one, where, where the psalmist says, actually, someone who meditates on God's word every day and every night is like a tree planted by a stream. It's not an inert thing, it's a living thing. And it grows because it is nourished, it is cared for. It is cultivated and it grows stronger and stronger. It bears fruit. You see, this is how this works. And so they're sitting there and they're having all of these things confront them. All of these realities are confronting them. I would argue they're confronting you and me too. These things are confronting us. And what we're left with is this idea that who is this? Who actually is this? Take a look at... No, we don't have any more scriptures. I'm so used to more scriptures. We're, 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 we're cutting off today. Mark wants to preach longer, and I don't know how to preach shorter. I don't know how to do that. Um, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to hear these words. Prior to today, some of us had faith in our ability to control our lives. And a, a series of circumstances like we've experienced and I think we'll continue to do so over the next weeks and possibly months, is that we don't have control over our lives. And that realization causes us to go back to Jesus. And may I just invite you to welcome that and not fear it. May I just invite you to embrace that and not resist it. And may I just invite you to, to have this, this gift which comes from the way that the Lord works because if you, could, if you could open your eye, and your, your eye, Abba eyes, or mind and heart, all of the above, your mind's eye, and to be allowed, allow yourself to believe, key word, that actually the place where we might see the Lord most clearly is in the storm. 
This is what he's inviting us to do today. And when we see him in the storm, that we would respond the way he has asked us to respond, in love. Let's pray about that as he guides us and directs us today. Father, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for gathering us today. And we ask you for what will happen in the future to be with us. I pray that you would help our faith grow. I pray that you would help us let the question, do you still have no faith, hit us not as a, a something that causes us fear, but something that causes us to grow. Something that causes us to read more of the story and not less. To seek your face ever more rather than to run away. And Lord, I pray that as we go forward, we would not be a people gripped in fear, but a people in your grip set forth into our communities to love. And we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.